The title of the message this morning is Fully Engaged with God's Word. Please say that with me. Fully Engaged with God's Word. So if I could kind of elaborate a little bit on, on what that's all about, I'd say the following that today's message is being all about being occupied with God's Word, engrossing yourself in His Word, absorbing His Word, encountering His Word, connecting with His Word, meshing with the Word of God, soaking up the Word of God, grabbing hold of it, holding tightly to the Word of God. Do you get the picture? Fully engaged with God's Word. You can turn so long to Deuteronomy chapter 11, where our text is found for the day. We'll get there in a few moments' time. But it's important to just say this before we go into reading our passage, is that these words are spoken by Moses. They are the words spoken by Moses. However, because Moses was speaking on behalf of God, we can receive what is said here as the words of God. All right? You clear on that? So have a look in your Bible. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 18 to 24. Welcome to those joining us on television. Great to have you with us. And we are reading from the New King James Version. I recommend reading your Bible if you have it with you, else read on the screen. So here we go. Here we go. Verse 18 of Deuteronomy chapter 11. It says, Therefore... You shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. And then it mentions something interesting. And bind them as a sign on your hand. I wonder if anyone here has ever done that. Bound the word of God as a sign on your hand. And look at this. And they shall be as frontlets. Between your eyes. Now, frontlets is probably the most well-known word in the English language. <laughs> oh, chutz, what does that mean? We'll get to that in a moment's time. Verse 19. You shall teach them to your children. Speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. In other words, the speaking about the word of God happens in many different places. When you're riding along in your car, when you're in the car train, when you're standing in the queue at the local pharmacist waiting to get medication and all sorts of things. So this is the word of God being spoken about when you sit and rise and when you're on your bed and, and in all sorts of situations. This is how it's meant to be. In verse 20 it says, and you shall write them on the doorposts, this is the laws of God, scriptures, on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, um, and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, like the days of the heavens above the earth. For if you carefully keep all these commandments which I command you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and hold fast to them, to, to Him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you, and you will dispossess greater and mightier nations than yourselves. 
Every place on which the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours. Now, this is a portion of Scripture which I believe should build us up. It should encourage us to pursue God's Word like never before, and it should remind us that we have to train our children, we have to talk about the Word of God, where we go, where we might find ourselves, but also that as we begin to engage with God's Word, we become a people who possess the land. Now, let's look at a few points. There are four points. Number one, I'm going to spend quite a lot of time on. And uh, also two a little bit. And then three and four are very brief points. So here we go. Point number one, you. Personal engagement with God's word. Please say that with me. You. Personal engagement with God's word. So this is to do about to do with you and your engagement. And are you engaged? Are you fully engaged with the word of God? So it says in verse 18, let's just look at it again. Therefore you. Please say the word you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Now, this sounds to me like a life of being fully immersed in the word of God. If you just read that, it's talking about the kind of life fully engaged, fully immersed, immersed with the word of God. The same verse, verse 18 in the Amplified Bible says, therefore, you shall impress these words of mine on your heart. Don't you like that word, impress? These words of mine on your heart and on your soul, and tie them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as bands, in brackets, frontals, frontlets, on your forehead. Now, I'm sure everybody knows exactly what that scripture means. Am I right? <laughs> all right, you can just chill out. Just relax a bit. Everyone's a bit tense here this morning, all right? Now, in terms of this, here we find this very unusual word called frontlet. Uh, I guess if you were to go into a popular convenience store and say, could I have one frontlet, they would look at you and say, uh, I'm not so sure. But this is what it refers to, and it's on your screen. A frontlet refers to an ornament, particularly phylacteries, which were bound on the forehead and on the arm. The phylacteries were prayer bands or ribbons consisting of passages from the law of Moses, which were put into small pouches and fastened, can you believe it, to the forehead and to the left arm. And they were worn by male Jews during morning prayer. And this is taken from the Zondervan Bible Dictionary. Very interesting. So they were worn during morning prayers. And they were worn by the Jewish men during morning prayers. They would not wear them on the Sabbath. And they would not wear them during the different religious festivals. But during morning prayers. Now, let me show you some pictures on the screen of what these things actually look like. They are rather unusual. So, essentially, you have this little pouch, if we can call it that. 
And in the pouch are different scriptures. It looks like a little cube or a pouch. And there are scriptures from the law of Moses in these pouches, all right? In these frontlets or phylacteries. It's a most unusual word. And so what would happen is that you would tie one of these on your forehead as one of the Jewish people. Kind of imagine like a little head torch nowadays. It's almost something like that. So, and God's word does show the way, all right? So you've got this little frontlet that is on your forehead and with ribbon or whatever it might be, with strips, it is fastened and tightened to your head. And then also you have the phylactery, which is on the arm. It's a band or a ribbon. And if you see close there to the elbow area, do you see the phylactery sticking out there as well? It's the same as the one on the head. And that is put there and then your arm is laced up or strapped and uh, the, the ribbon ends up coming through the middle finger, which also has a symbolism. And so there you have yourself prepared for your morning prayers. Now, how many of you would have the boldness on Monday to wear one of these at work? Can I see by a show of hands? But the Bible says. <laughs> okay, just relax. Breathe a sigh of relief for a moment. Now, in terms of uh, this, let me just explain a little bit more. Now, God's word being, quote, frontlets between your eyes, I believe speaks of giving God control of your vision. What you are looking at, focusing on, and desiring and choosing not to covet, and letting him be your focus and preoccupation. Having the word of God right here as your central focus. Then I believe that God's word being tied to your hand, the phylactery or the uh, frontlets that are on your arm, there's a significance there as well because it speaks of keeping the laws of God close to your heart. Because when you would lift up your left arm, those little, that little pouch containing the law would come close to your heart. Speaking of keeping the laws of God in your heart. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a beautiful picture? And so here the laws of God are right. Your vision, your focus, your obsession. And here the laws of God also right at your heart. I want to tell you when we want to be fully engaged in God's word, it's not just about the mind, but it's about the heart as well. It is about being fully engaged with God's word from the heart as well as from the mind. It is both of those things that are involved. And in terms of this one on the arm and coming close to the heart, it reminds me of a scripture in Psalm 119, verse 11, and it says, Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. There's people who have knowledge and understanding of the word of God, but it's never taken the trip from the intellectual right into the heart. And that's why they are still not sold out to God, even although they have great biblical understanding. I want to tell you that we must hide his word in our hearts, that we might not sin against him. Can you say amen? Now, these frontlets or phylacteries contained four passages of scripture. 
Two of the passages came from Exodus, and two of the passages came from Deuteronomy. And so the Exodus verses, they're about God delivering his people from Egypt, and also uh, the celebration of the Passover. And then the verses in Deuteronomy are about loving God with all your heart. So can you see what was to be so important to these Jewish people? That the things that they had here close to their heart and the things, the eyelets between their eyes, it was so important that they were remembering the hand of the Lord in their lives bringing deliverance. That they were remembering the Passover and that they were remembering to rejoice and delight in the Lord and love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. This is what the Lord had in mind. By the way, don't you find this whole concept fascinating? Very fascinating. And we can learn so much through this. Now, this is important. Having said all of that, let me say this. That I believe that this biblical instruction to carry the scriptures on your arm and on your forehead was actually meant to be taken symbolically. Not literally. Now, there is a lot of debate about this, and you can read different persuasions among different theologians, but the sense I have as I've looked at this is that this was meant to be, with these things on your head and your arm, this was actually a symbolic thing that God was speaking about. It was symbolic. It was not meant to be taken literally, but later on, Jews later on, they were so devout, such devout people that they began to actually take it literally and began wearing small pouches of scripture. And that was, according to history, more so in the second century before Christ. Nevertheless, what is all the significance behind all of this? If it was meant to not be actually taken literally but symbolically, what is the significance for us today? And I believe that here it is. Listen carefully. It is a spiritual picture or a spiritual metaphor of giving the Word of God your very best focus and attention. And it is important to do so, and it matters. For a true disciple of Jesus Christ, the Word of God is paramount. And God even says, I have set my word above my name. Can you believe that that's what God's word says? And so this is a metaphor, speaking of giving God your very best. In other words, being fully engaged with God's word. Or I like putting it this way, having a healthy obsession with the word of God. I believe that I can say that based on scripture. That God wants you to have a healthy obsession with the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 2 says, in the Amplified, it says, Blessed are they who keep his testimonies and who, now look at the seeking heart, seek, inquire for and of him, and look at this, and crave with the whole heart. You know what? That sounds to me like having a healthy obsession for God, for his word, for the things of the Lord. Can I hear an amen? amen. And so the point is, is that each of us individually needs to be engaging with God's word. Nobody can make you go to gym. <laughs> 
And nobody can make you go to spiritual gym. This is something that you personally need to do. And so I pray that God stirs your desire to, be, uh, to have a healthy obsession for His Word. And you know what? In terms of desiring God's Word, to engage with it and grow in God's Word, as a local congregation, we've been doing that like never before this year. It's so wonderful. And we've been talking about growing in God's Word Hashtag NT60. For those listening to this broadcast, we've been reading as a congregation through the entire New Testament this year. It's wonderful. And so it's over a period of nine months, and we are getting exposed and engaging with the Word of God like never before. And I want to say to you, well done, well done, well done. Keep it up. And right now, we are 67% of the way through hashtag NT260. We've only got three months left, and I believe that it's going to uh, be remarkable to see how many people have actually done that. Let me say this, that I was, I've been so delighted during, during this year, Mandri and I have been so delighted as uh, our eldest son has been engaging with the Word of God more than ever before. And he said, I, I don't want to just read through the New Testament, I really want to read through the entire Bible cover to cover. And he's been doing that faithfully. I watch him sitting and reading, and he's got his highlighters and busy marking and so on. And you know what? It thrills my heart. I wonder if it doesn't thrill the heart of Abba Father. It's so beautiful, and he is up to date. And you know what? Through all of this, his life is being shaped. Because the Word of God doesn't return void. It has the power to shape and change you if you'll just let the Spirit of God do the work by the Word of God. Interesting, this week I met with a pastor. He's a pastor in the city. He's 70 years of age, and, and we were talking about the Word of God. I was explaining to him what we're doing in our local church this year. And he says, you know what, John? I love the Word of God. He says, for the last 13 years, I have been reading through the entire Bible, cover to cover every year. He says, what I do is I buy a brand new Bible every year. And then I've got the system. He says he uses three different colors to highlight in the Old Testament and five colors to highlight in the New Testament. And he says it's the greatest joy of his life. He's so enjoying it. And then he gets the Bible bound in a lovely leather with the date on it, with his name on it. And he's got all 13 volumes, if I can put it that way, all 13 copies. And you know what? It is his greatest joy. Talk about being fully engaged with God's word. And I want to say to you, be encouraged to engage more than ever before. Now, number two, your children. Teach your children to treasure God's word. Please say that with me. Your children. Teach your children to treasure God's word. Parents, do you remember you have a responsibility the kids' church here at the church is only there to help you instill a love for the Word of God. If you have your kids in a Christian school, they're only there to help you. But it is the father and the mother, or if there's a single parent home, then it falls to whoever there is to instill this love for God's Word in their lives. And now I want to start off under this point. I want to make a bold statement, and here it is. Bring back the dining room table. Amen. 
and say, John, what you been up to? Bring back the dining room table. Say that with me, please. Bring back the dining room table. Bring back the dining room table. Bring back the dining room table. All right, let me not get into one of my uh, kids' movies that I've watched. Now, what do I mean by this? Now, listen. The dining room table is the place where most of the meaningful family conversations can take place. And hence, it is an ideal place where the Word of God can come up just in discussion. The principles of God can come up. And there's a situation where it might come up at the dining room table, you're talking about something, and there's an opportunity for the parents to instill the values of the Word of God. But here's the thing, the modern family has sacrificed the dining room for the television. Come on, am I talking to anybody here today? And let me tell you, I want to work on this myself because it's sometimes great. You grab your, grab your meal, you sit in front of the TV, and you're watching your NCIS and so on. But I believe that many times we are missing out on prime family time. And so I want to encourage you today, take back your family time. Your family needs it. You need it. As husbands and wives, you need it. Your children need it. Because that is such a place to form values. Because if it's not happening around the dining room table, where else are we going to be talking about these things? And so I want to encourage you to be challenged today. That you begin to look at your family time, taking back your family time, and in so doing, taking back an opportunity to discuss God's principles and values. And verse 19, it's on your screen, you shall teach them your children, so teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Now, the same verse, let's look at it in the Amplified Bible, because It puts it particularly beautifully. It says, you shall teach them diligently, this is the laws of God, to your children. Now look at what's in brackets. Impressing God's precepts on their minds and penetrating their hearts with his truth. Holy Spirit, help us to do this. Speaking of them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you rise up. And so I want to say to you that the Word of God is supposed to be a normal part of household conversations. It's supposed to be lived and it's supposed to be loved. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And by the way, grandparents, you aren't excluded Deuteronomy 4 verse 9 says the scripture, it says, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren. And the context is teaching God's ways to them. So grandparents, you're not off the hook. You have this important role of teaching these things to your children. And you know what's cool? When you get to your grandchildren, when your grandchildren come, firstly, you give them a lot of sugar. And then you can teach them the Word of God. Isn't that lacquer? And you just send them home and they're like bouncing off this. All right, sorry, that's not really preaching correctly there. But anyhow. Now, on to number three. Public testimony. Make your belief in God's Word visible to others. Think about this. Is there any way in which people can see through a visible thing that this is your belief in God's Word? And God's word is the final authority for faith, life, and conduct. 
It says in verse 20 of Deuteronomy 11, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, some of the Jewish homes still today, many Jewish homes, they literally have portions of scripture in a special little thing that is mounted onto the doorpost. And when entering in the home, they would often touch it or even kiss it. A very beautiful picture symbolizing that the home and the family are under the authority of God. It's quite beautiful. Now, I want to say to you that there are ways in which you can make the, your belief in the Word of God visible to others. You can put something on social media. You can put something on your WhatsApp status. You can put something on your desk at work, maybe a little ornament which has a little scripture on it. You can put up a poster somewhere in the home or or perhaps you have your own business and you can put up a, a nice poster somewhere. And by the way, we should never be obnoxious Bible punches, not at all. But we need to be salt and we need to be light. And so there's many ways in which we can make it visible in terms of our belief in God's word. But we need to do it. I think of my dad. When my dad was a young man, I don't know exactly what age. I would guess he was about 20 years of age. He got his first job, and it was at the railways in East London. And sometimes we still drive past this place in East London, and my mom or my brother would point out that was dad's little office there when he started. But you know what my dad did? On the very first day when he went to work, he had a Bible. I don't know if it was a big or a small one. And he went into the office. He was given a desk where he had to do his work, and he just placed his Bible on his desk. Well done. He was nailing his colors to the mast. He was coming to uh, alignment with Deuteronomy 11 verse 20. Write them on the doorposts of your house. In terms of his office, he was saying, I am a child of God and I'm unashamed about it. Isn't that wonderful? Now, I want to give you a personal challenge. And this is the personal challenge. I want to ask, would you please in this week... I'm asking that this is actually homework, all right? Would you please take a look through your house, take stock of your house, and see, do you have a scripture anywhere in your house? Okay? Now, for many people, you've got so many scriptures in your house. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. There's so many scriptures in your house that you could use a little bit more of artistic flair in your house. Okay what I mean? No. But there, I would believe that there are many people under the sound of my voice today that if you think about it, you think, golly, I love the Lord, but I actually don't have a scripture on my walls or anywhere. And I'm not talking about the scripture on this fridge which says, lead me not into temptation. <laughs> I'm not talking that, Okay. <laughs> All right. And so, why don't you go and look for a nice place? Sometimes you can buy at the Christian bookstores a beautiful poster, beautiful artwork on it with a scripture, and maybe you want to put it somewhere in your entrance foyer or have it block mounted. You know what? Because it matters. Because God's word speaks of making it visible that you believe in the word of God. Can you say amen? Amen. 
And now the last point, number four, which is a brief one, possess. Please say the word possess. If you follow God's word, you will become a possessing people. This is something that automatically happens to somebody who begins to let the word of Christ dwell in them richly. You automatically begin to take hold of what God has in store for you. Because it changes your mind and you begin to live in accordance with a changed mindset. And so it's so important that we follow God's word because it will help us to become a possessing people. Let's look quickly at the last scripture for the morning. Deuteronomy eleven twenty-two to 24, it says, For if you carefully keep all these commands which I command you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to hold fast to him, then the Lord is going to do some stuff automatically. He will drive out these nations from before you, and you will dispossess greater and mightier nations than yourselves. And look at this. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. I want to remind you that Christians in this world today are not supposed to be intimidated, but we are supposed to be bold in who God has made us to be, and we are supposed to be a possessing people, a people that will get to do their work well and prosper in their work and get promotions, a people who don't rent for all their lives, but begin to own a property and begin to possess the land which the Lord wants to give to you. I want to tell you, God has made you to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And this scripture speaks right into that. So God promised the land of Canaan to the Israelites, but they had to go in and listen to this, take possession of it and make it their own. And God didn't actually tell them that there were going to be giants that they would have to defeat in the land. But part of taking possession as the people of God is sometimes you need to break down some stuff so that you can establish some stuff. Let me give you an example. In terms of this, God has promised for you and I that we can enjoy peace. And he says that this is peace that surpasses understanding. But you know what? Sometimes there is a giant of fear that's right in your land of Canaan, and you have to first annihilate and kill this giant of fear so that you can take hold of what God has for you and so that you can walk in the peace which passes understanding. One more example is that God has called us to rise up, as we spoke about last week, to rise up as mighty men and women of God, mighty men of valor. But we have to reject that inferiority that wants to keep us suppressed, and we have to believe what God says about our lives, and that's how you take possession of the land. But it all starts with, what does God say? What does He say in His words? And as His word begins to dwell in us richly, you become a possessing people. Is anybody being ministered to, this, to, to, to by this today? Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. And so it's time to take what is rightfully yours and mine. Take possession of the land. And my closing statement this today is, may God help us to become a possessing people. 
Tell the person next to you, you are a possessing person. Now, would you stand with me? People who possess the land, would you stand with me as we pray together? Father, your word is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing between bone and marrow. And so, Lord, we thank you. We receive your word today. And, Father, we see this thing of the, the frontlets and on the arm and how the word of God has to be so important to us. And we say just, Lord, we, we're sorry where we've been apathetic towards the word of God. We're sorry, Lord. But we determine to treasure your word that it would be right between our eyes, right here on our arms, next to our hearts. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, would you please help us, Holy Spirit? Because so many of these things we just cannot do in our own strength. But when you help us, then you take us higher. And we become a possessing people. And so I say the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his smile upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. <laughs>